Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Oh, give it up unto the Lord even as we sit down. We thank the name of the Lord and bless His name. As I already said, within the week, we have put upon ourselves to go to the Lord in prayer and fasting. And uh, as we did, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of burdens, there are a lot of yokes that the Lord has broken. There are a lot of opportunities that the Lord has opened for us. Many of us, the Lord is going to protect us and His hand, His gracious hand, is continually going to be upon our lives. If you believe in that, shout a mighty Amen. This morning, too, we want to continue in the same regard. In fact, uh, when we went through this time, I myself personally have encountered God personally that I have not done before. One thing I have seen is that God is opening us up to another flow of His Spirit and power that will become something that will become the order of the day and it will become an ambience and a temperature that hovers around us all the time. I pray that it will become your portion also. In the name of Jesus, uh, the theme that we base on is that we need you, God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I still need Jesus. I don't know about you, but he is my savior. I don't know about you, but he is my all. Even as we want to read Ezra chapter 8, 21 to 23, in the same uh, New International Version, it says that, There, by the Eheva Canal, I proclaim the fast so that we might humble ourselves before God, our God, and ask Him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king, in fact, of all, this is my choicest part. He says that the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. Oh, hallelujah. We also want to read John chapter 4. John chapter 4, starting from the verse 4. John chapter 4, starting from verse 4. If you project it, I'll come after you. Now, you have to go through Samaria. I, I, I want you to please go back again and let's see something. I want you to look at something. And if it is possible, can you read with me? Now, he had... <laughs> now, he had to go through Samaria. So, now he had. When we say had, other versions will also say must, right? So that means that it was imperative, something that he had to do. It was a very, very, very important journey, uh, some plan, an agenda that he had to fulfill. But where was he going? Can you go to verse 3 for us? Go to verse 3. So he, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. So actually, where was he going? Galilee. But then go to verse 4 again. He says that now he had to go through. So Samaria was a go 
through. He had something that he had to do over there, so he had to go through. Please, let's go. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Would you give me a drink? The disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan, right? Woman, how can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not, ha- do, not do what associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What does Jesus give? Living water. Okay, let's go. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with this with, and the well is deep. Hmm. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. Can we go on? The word of God is so sweet. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite right. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on the mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. I thank the word. I thank God for that word over there. From the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. Amen. If you look at what we have gone through this whole week, we have discussed so many things. 
And some of them including the fact that the Lord showed favor and mercy on Ezra and the people of Israel. People who were slaves now were favored enough to the extent that the king gave them an empty check, an open check. That whatever you want, take it from my treasury. You provided all the resources for the temple. I pray that it will become your portion. That God will favor you. Oh, hallelujah. That God will do what? Favor you with a blank, empty check. That fill in. Whatever you want, take it. Whatever you want, take it. And the king did not only say it with mouth, but he also wrote it down. Hallelujah. He also wrote it down. We have also gone through the fact that these guys prayed and they fasted and God was with them. We came to understand that like the people of Israel, we are also going through war. One thing is that though the adversary, the one who comes at us in several other ways, is very powerful, we have a God who is more powerful. Because of that, He has overcome for us. The Bible says that for this cause, this Jesus Christ was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. So He came particularly with the motive to destroy the power of the devil. We thank God for that. We thank God for His healing power. We go, went through the benefits and all that. This very morning, I want to treat something why we need God under the same topic why we need God and I know that my time is very short I am more of a teacher in so many other times uh, I'm praying that grace will find me people of God one of the reasons why Jesus Christ we need him as we said is the fact that he is our Savior and giver of life. Jesus Christ is our Savior and the giver of life. When you read the John chapter 4, verse the 13, starting from the verse 13 to 15, and I want to refresh your mind again. It says that Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Hallelujah. Jesus is a savior because if you look at this one, this lady, the Samaritan woman, had encountered Jesus Christ. And Jesus is offering to give her water that will well up to eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. There is an encounter that when every person comes to know Christ, they meet. They meet Jesus Christ. But as he meets them, he gives, he gives them new birth. Hallelujah. He gives them new birth. It is that assurance that brings eternal life to us. If one is not born again, they don't have life. That means that as Jesus Christ was talking about water, 
He was actually talking about the Spirit of God that gives birth to people. We are born again by the Spirit of God. We are born again by the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. So Jesus Christ was saying that by my Spirit, I will give birth to you again. I will give you life. Life will flow through you again. And this life we are talking about will conduct itself. It will well up. It's supposed to populate until it gets to eternity. When a person is born again, they become a new creation. The Bible is telling us that Anyone who comes to drink of the water, which is Christ or His Spirit, comes to have eternal life. He said, I will give you water that wells to eternal life. Since water is life, Jesus is saying that I will give you eternal life. In this life, we know that the only source of new life is by birth. If somebody is not born, they don't have that new life. <laughs> we cannot go forward if we have not even started in the first place. But what we are saying here is that the life that we, Jesus Christ and the water that he is offering to give is the new birth that comes by the birth that the Holy Spirit gives birth to us. When you read John chapter number 3 verse 5 to 7, the Bible says, Jesus said, Verily, truly, I, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God Unless they are born of water and of spirit. Unless they are born of water and of spirit. Flesh gives birth to uh, flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my, at my saying, you must be born again. Unless a man is born of water and of spirit they cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. In new birth, I want to ask myself that what actually happens? What actually happens? The first thing that happens in new birth is that we are born into a new family and a kingdom. We are born into what? A new family and a new kingdom. When you read Second Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 17, the Bible says that therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. A new creation. You see, the Lord created on the first, created us, human beings as it were. But when somebody comes to Christ, when somebody accepts the gospel that we preach, the first thing that happens is that they are born again and they are recreated. They are reproduced. You see, your kind has never come again. You are a unique being that has come to the face of this earth. Oh, hallelujah. So, in any time that uh, the Spirit of God, by the ministration of the gospel, gives birth to us, what has actually happened is that we are created. The factory manufacturer has gone into the manufacturing room and has brought a unique person to being again. Oh, hallelujah. That is the reason why nobody has seen me before. Because in me, it's a life that has been recreated. If anyone is in Christ, he is. 
So it's a statement of fact. It happens immediately. People of God, one thing that we see, more especially the youth and the young ones and people who have accepted Jesus Christ, you have to know that immediately you are born. You accept Jesus Christ. The truth of the word of God must consist and persist with you that you are born again. No amount of deception from hell, no amount of the words of other people who preach other gospel should be able to convince you that you need to do that, you need to do this before you get salvation. The Bible says that immediately you accept, unless of course you did not accept the gospel. But immediately it happens, you are born again. Oh, hallelujah. If I'm talking to a people who are born again, I want you to shake your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. You belong to a new family. Say, you are not, you were not just born, but you are born into the family of God. Oh, hallelujah. And you have the opportunity to have Jesus Christ as your senior brother. Oh, hallelujah. You have the opportunity to call Jesus Christ your senior brother. You have the opportunity to call God as your father. Why? Because you are born into the family of God. You see, I want to issue some disclaimers people put upon themselves because they identify themselves with earthly families. As for my family, this is so. In fact, our parents sometimes are able to tell us that in us, in our, you don't tell us straight, but in your conversation, sometimes you say that, you see, as for that child, he, 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 he is the fourth born. He is the, they are an afterthought. In fact, we didn't even think about, in fact, we said that we have stopped at the third born, but she came. Then all of a sudden you think that you are an afterthought, but you are created in the image of God, and by the intent of God you were brought forth. And there is no commonality between you and your earthly family because you have become a, a person who belongs to heavenly family. So if there is any migraine in my family, if there is any BP in my family, if there is any what sort of ISIS, I don't care so much because I've been created again and the family that I belong to doesn't have that disease. Are you here with me? I wish that we would have time to go through some of these things. That God has created within us a life that is connected to him. You see, birth is actually connection between one umbilical cord to another. And as, as a result of that, there is a feeding that goes on as a result of the fact that we have been attached to a, a different mother. The life of God flows through me. I am the child of God. Oh, hallelujah. I am the child of God. I am the child of God. Oh, hallelujah. This is you standing there. So when we say that new birth, what we are saying is that you have a new life and a new family. You are created new. It doesn't matter you are growing. There is a life in you that stays young. There is something eternal about you. Oh, hallelujah. This is one thing that makes me begin to feel that, ah, I, I thank God I became a Christian. Because it is only in that that I will have another life which is new. A brand new life. Oh, hallelujah. Though I keep on growing, the life in me never grows. The second thing is that we are no longer dead, but alive. Oh, hallelujah. We are no longer dead, but alive. When we came to the gospel, when we came, when we heard the gospel preached, we all heard that we are all sinners. 
The Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. So any human being, as long as you have an earthly lineage, you are a sinner. And the Bible says that since uh, uh, death passed on from one man to another, all of us are dead. But I think that when I come to Christ, I have life because I've been born again. Oh, hallelujah. That means that I have a life in Christ. I am no longer dead. My senses, my life in me is alive to the Christ who has given birth to me. And I'm no longer dead to anything. You see, if you are telling me I'm dead, then it means I'm a sinner. But I know that any time that I'm reminded of my sin, I also remember of the death of Christ on the cross that took away my sins and turned me around. Oh, hallelujah. I am glad I belong to Jesus. Oh, Basata. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 tells us, when you were dead, he says, when? It, there was a time, you see, there was, when you were dead in your trespasses. So in sin, we are dead. But in Christ, we are alive. Oh, hallelujah. So in sin, we are what? Dead. But in Christ, we are. Oh, but what did he do? He forgave us all our sins. I didn't bring my glasses, but if you, you brought yours, you see that he says that he forgave something of the past. So he is not going to forgive, but he has done what? On the cross of Christ, we were forgiven. Oh, hallelujah. And he says that all I love emphasis. Oh, hallelujah. So, 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 if you go to a place, maybe there is a washing. Oh, hallelujah. No matter what I do, I will be challenged. But grace is with me. Hallelujah. That's, as you go, right? I thank God. The next thing we are talking about, when somebody is born, what has happened is that we are born into, uh, we, are, we are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified. We are washed, we are sanctified, and we are... 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, the Bible says that, and, what is, and that is what some of you were. I like this emphasis. We were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. Oh, hallelujah. By the very word of the Lord as it comes, we are washed. You see, the, 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 the beginning, we were sinners. So for us to become saints, then there must have been a washing. And this washing we are talking about is the new birth that comes to every believer who was a sinner. But now, we are also sanctified. The sanctifying effect of the Holy Spirit, the present work of the blood of Christ, and the work of the, uh, uh, the Word of God that is able to do that. The one thing that I see, that because I am washed, because I am sanctified, I am justified. That means that in the law court of the Lord, He declares that I don't have anything that is against me. Oh, hallelujah! But if there was something, then it means that the effect of the blood of of Christ did not actually work because it is supposed to cleanse us totally so that we can say that all our sins are forgiven. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know your compromise. I don't know your troubles and the things you have gone through. But I came to announce this morning that all your sins are forgiven and you have been justified the law by, by the Lord himself. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. When we were talking about uh, the, this is the first point. Forgive me uh, for belaboring it. 
But I want to also go on to say that we say that when you are a, 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 a newborn or you are given that life, what happens is that you are born into a new family and a new kingdom, right? Uh-huh. So I want to belabor the point of a kingdom. The kingdom is, the, and, and I want to name it characteristics of the kingdom. And I want us to read uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says that for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the characteristics of the kingdom, when somebody is in that kingdom, the things that are supposed to follow you is the righteousness. One, righteousness positionally. As when people are born again, when we are, just, we are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified, right? What happens is that now, Jesus Christ is able to look on these things and say that by the fact that you are a Christian, you are righteous. It is a position that we immediately come to stand in as a result of the fact that you are saved. But there is also a progressive righteousness that comes to a people. Why? Because they are supposed to walk. They are continually supposed to be washed by the Holy Spirit. They are supposed to be washed by the Word of God. They are supposed to live in holiness. Oh, hallelujah. So even as Christ sanctifies us, He also expects us to walk in that sanctification. Actually, we are supposed to walk the reality of what has already taken place. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So in me, I am a righteous person. So whatever name you have, know that you are that name righteous person. You are a saint. You are sanctified because by position, the Lord through Jesus Christ has made you righteous. But what comes next is that we only live out what is inside us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We thank God for that. But we are saying that it is righteousness. Peace of mind, peace of heart. There is some level of contentment that comes with peace. Not as a result of what we have, but as a result of who is ours. Oh, hallelujah. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ with us should settle us in all things. Oh, oh, hallelujah. The fact that we have Jesus Christ should bring us peace. And this peace is not dependent on the uh, circumstances that are existing externally. It is not a thermostat that can go up and down. But it's supposed to stay because the Prince of all peace is resided in your heart. I pray in the name of Jesus that even as you go your walk of life. You see, one thing that surprises me in the story of the exile we read is that immediately they finished praying, they set off to go. Oh, hallelujah. So immediately we finish this thing, you are setting off and you are going. You see, one thing is that they have so much peace in their heart because they had consulted the Prince of Peace. And he was going to, you see, sometimes when you are in the bush and you hear the crack, then you are running away. But they were settled within them that peace, I am going. I have prayed to the Prince of Peace and the, uh, the one who has all authority. And because I have prayed to him, nothing again is able to stand in my way. My faith, I am going. Oh, hallelujah. May you go. 
in peace. Oh, hallelujah. May you go in peace. May the peace of the Lord be in your family. May the peace of the Lord be in your business. Wherever you find yourself, may the peace of the Lord, which surpasses all understanding, become your portion this morning. Maybe you are saying that, Pastor, you don't know what I am talking about. I've been through this. I've been through that. I've been through this. I've been through that. But the peace of God is able to come into a situation and it stabilizes everything. Peace. Oh, hallelujah. You are in this kingdom. You see, so as Jesus Christ was speaking to that lady like that, he was talking. He was really talking. It was not just simple words, I give you water. But he's saying that this particular one will well up. The water that wells up. Jesus Christ likes that a lot. In John chapter 7, he also says at the last day of the feast, he stands when everything is supposed to be over. They say that anyone who is thirsty, come and drink. For out of your belly shall flow streams of living water. I pray in the name of Jesus that that Holy Spirit will bubble up in our souls, will bring up, it will well up in the name of Jesus that our place will become a place where the Spirit of the Lord Oh, hallelujah. I am hungry for a church where the Holy Spirit is. And I'm ready to do everything to make sure that wherever I am, that is the place. You see, when the Holy Spirit is there, joy is the order of the day. Oh, hallelujah. Joy is the order of the day. But if you take care of the things that we have discussed peace righteousness joy in the holy spirit these things are all empowering the kingdom of god is power when you read first corinthians chapter it's a four verse 30 it tells us that the kingdom of god is power the kingdom of god is what power you see joy is something that empowers The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Please, are you here? So, peace empowers. Righteousness empowers. As a matter of fact, righteousness is the authority of every believer. Oh, hallelujah. So that means that now that you are born again, you see, there are a lot of things that Christians already have. But sometimes we forget we have it. Sometimes we, fo- we are at a very different pedestal because the devil wants you at an angle where you even don't know who you are. Hmm. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. I live for Jesus. Day after day, I live for Jesus. Come what may, the Holy Spirit, I will obey. I live for Jesus. Day after day, I live for Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus, day after day, Jesus. Pusha pasaka poroshiki batanda basa. Come what me, oh, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I will obey. Hey, I live for Jesus. Day after day, I will obey. I live for Jesus. I live for Him. I live for Jesus. Will you be outstanding a little bit? Just wave your hands. Hey, la 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 la. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Imanda Saita Lora Sabayan Alala Holy Spirit I will be In the Santa Lara Macaba I live for him I live for Makatanda <laughs>
in a while we are ending this but I wanted to let you know that the second reason why we need Jesus because he is the only one who is compassionate towards us he is the only one he is the only one see people listen to your case but they listen to it <laughs> thinking of themselves they listen to it thinking about themselves so your case that you share before and maybe somebody you want him to help you when they are listening to the new uh, information they are thinking about themselves and if it happened to them how it will be and how your case may even be a problem for them and all that and if they need to offer help they are offering the help in consideration of their own future so that they will not give to you and they will not sleep without food every help that is given but Jesus Christ is really compassionate towards us when we say compassion we are talking about that ouch feeling that comes into the, 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 the stomach of a mother when a son or daughter is going through difficulty you, you, you see there is, there is a turning that comes in your heart you feel something. I quite remember when Sofumami, uh, around uh, Texas area, you heard that one guy just got into a classroom and shot teachers and children and all that. And I and Sofumami were discussing it. I realized that Sofumami is talking about it, but her, her, her talking about it is in consideration to her own children if it happened to them. So she was so passionate about the situation. And I, and I understood that. So I quickly came out so that I don't become a problem. Are you here? Uh -huh. Jesus was asking this lady questions. What is this? What is that? What is that? But actually within the heart of Jesus Christ was something turning, some compassion that he had towards this lady. Just think about it. A human being who live on this face of earth will have one husband, two husbands, it didn't work well. Three, four, five. Abba! Then, then the one that she is with, the Bible is saying that, uh, Jesus is saying that even that one, hey! So, as, you see, this person will be you, will be me, having a difficulty in our lives that Jesus must have compassion on. You see, all of us have some difficulty in our lives. If you are youth, maybe yours may be some small pimple that fell on your chin. That one that people have been saying is, it looks very nice. 
and all of a sudden, a pimple. But whichever way it is, we are talking about things that make us become so pathetic and begin to think, gives us sleepless nights. So would, would you consider, let us think about it well. What at all will make a woman marry one, two, three, hey, what at all? This lady within her heart needed somebody who will cover her. As what? Oh, hallelujah. I live for Jesus day after day. I live for Jesus. Come what me. Oh, the Holy Spirit. I will be conversation is going on, what we are saying here is that what at all will make a woman marry one person? It didn't work. Another person. It didn't work. Another one. It didn't work. Have you stopped to think about it that way? What at all was she looking in life? Looking for in life? Maybe a covering. Somebody who will cover. Sometimes it is also even in the society so that somebody can also consider that me too, I have a husband. For some petty, petty reasons, this lady was, she knew it was not working, but she kept on trying. She kept on trying. She didn't give up. People of God, this life, actually comes to an end for you when you have stopped trying. See, you may be going through things. You may be going through difficulties. You are disowned. Life is like that you go through a series of difficulties. Are you here with me? But every difficulty that you have, if you don't give up, one day you meet the master at the well. Please, are you here? The master must. I told you that you must take care of that for me. He had to. Jesus had to. As I'm speaking to you, I pray that your story will become that regardless of what you have suffered, that that master will be met at that way. Don't give up. Sometimes things are hard, difficult, almost at the edge. But Jesus is coming. He has an appointment. You see, sometimes the mystery is that Jesus Christ that is always going towards some place, but he has time for the corners where he has to pass through. So you may not be the main person, but whatever it is, Jesus has you in his agenda and it is a must. It is a must. It is. He will come through for you. I don't know what you have suffered I don't know what you are going through. I met a lady who said that there is an age that when we get to in our family, we die. Hmm. 
Me too, I'm not God to tell you you won't die. But I know of a God who is able to speak to you. And the situation that you are going through is planned. So I told this lady, you see, the age that they get and die, I left that lady past that age and she did not die. Oh, hallelujah. So you see, your story is different. Why? Because you are born again. You are into a different family. And things that happen to other people must not be your problem. Why? Because you are a child of God. You are different. You are into a family that righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost is a character. So as you go, walk in that righteousness. As you go, go in peace. As you go, may the joy of the Lord become your strength. But the rest of your difficulties, there is a God who has an appointment with you. It will never go late. It will never come before its time. Sometimes it feels that we are giving up. But hang on. Because that time is coming. That desperate situation is about to be taken off. And all of a sudden you will smile again. Jesus Christ has compassion on us. Maybe people will look at us and laugh at us. But when Jesus Christ is looking, he sees you as somebody else. One time when Jesus Christ was passing, this is my conclusion. I, I cannot finish everything, but I know that grace will abound for us. In John chapter number 9, verse 36, the Bible says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the crowd, he, he was what? He had compassion, that out thing that comes in our stomach, because they were harassed. This woman had been harassed in the hands of men who took advantage of her. Because, in fact, if she married five, how many children did she have? Jesus. But if she did not have a child, that is even a difficulty we can add to her problems. This woman at the well had to meet Jesus. She had to. Because it is only Jesus who is a problem solver. The one who can be touched with compassion for us. It is out of that that we stand here, people of God. It is the same compassion that Jesus had for this woman that Jesus has had for us. The Bible says that we were sinners without a savior. We were not part of the commonwealth of Israel. We were foreigners and people who were not worthy. But the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came to die for our washing. He came to die for our sanctification. He came to die for our justification. What is before us today is supposed to be a memorial of the death 
the resurrection and the barrier of Christ, the one, the lover of our souls, the one we need, the one that we must meet at all costs. As we come before the table of the Lord, I want you to know that we are celebrating a feast that brought life to you, that changed your family to an earthly family, that made Jesus Christ a legal brother and a sister of yours. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.